Wait, a pirate is part of her name? Yeah, her name is Billy. Uh, what is it? Billy Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell. <laughs> I was That's gonna, I was gonna drop that in the. I just pulled up her Wikipedia, so it's yeah like background. Info. Yeah, her her middle name is. It's literally pirate. Is pirate. Oh, well, all right, ready. I to haven't go? heard her talk about pirate. I don't. I feel like if she, I don't know if people ask her, if she just doesn't. Uh, I would like to do an interview with her and uh, ask 30 file follow-up questions about Pirate. <laughs> Just ask your parents. Yeah. So we guys, uh, so we guys, when you were younger, very into the uh, unlicensed appropri- expropriation of other uh, privately held goods, <laughs> preferably during shipment. <laughs> All right. Pirate. Pirate. Uh... Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wayne. Molly O'Brien. And introducing 2019's newly minted worldwide pop starlet on vocals. It's Billie Eilish, the teen phenom straight out of Highland Park, California, who broke a billion streams before her first album even dropped. And today we'll be learning all about her unique upbringing, meteoric rise to fame, and how she can avoid becoming the next Britney Spears from the Billboard article, Why All Eyes Are on Billie Eilish the new model for streaming era success by Lindsay Havens and who's Billie Eilish by Megan Garvey. That's an amazing SEO play. I just realized who's, who's Billie Eilish was just naming your article that. Yeah. yeah I guess who like, is, is better. No one is asking who's, who's yeah. People don't take the time to put the apostrophe in when yeah. they're like doing those kinds of searches. Who's I mean, if you're really like running a publication, you should just assign somebody to like the first time they hear about any celebrity, just write that article immediately. There's definitely a site that like does that. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it's um anytime I mean <laughs> anytime someone like murders a bunch of people, there's always a uh, uh, five fast facts you need to know about <laughs> se- like fucked up serial killer yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, and it's sure. always like he went to school. <laughs> like he Did has you a know mom. he had parents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, his neighbor said he was a really nice guy. Serial killers. They're just like us. <laughs> um, uh, if when you Google uh, who is Billie Eilish. Does that article in the fact The article is second. That is a great SERP. Have you heard? You know what a SERP is? Uh, usurp. Search engine results page. Oh, I assumed it was usurping the top hit for a, a, a Google search. No, uh, the page of a a page of Google search results is called a SERP. Oh well, if my like personal Wikipedia page moved up past the Chris Wade who is an MMA fighter or the uh, Chris Wade who is involved in the Bill Clinton Whitewater scandal, uh, I would call that a SERP. Because I had usurped them. Usurped the serp. I had served. Yeah. I'd served a serp to those uh, pretender Chris Wades. I hope you can do that someday. Someday, someday I'll guess. get the top, You're gonna have the top to Chris somebody. Wade Wikipedia hit. But first, I need a Wikipedia page. Somebody go out there and do that. I'm semi-notable. <laughs> I've written and produced videos for publications that are cited on Wikipedia. Yeah, I was going to say you're cool at Wikipedia. I am. 
That it, should be a rule if you're cool or a Wikipedia, Wikipedia you, you get a Wikipedia page. page. But then, I mean, the most ignominious thing that could happen to you is when you see people who have the red links on Wikipedia. It's because they had a page and then it was Wikipedia taken deleted. away because Oof. it was not um, notable not relevant. Enough. Yeah. You don't want to be a stub, my friend. Yeah, that's a deserp. <laughs> you don't deserp that. Chris. Anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about Billie Eilish. Who is Billie Eilish? Who's who's Billie Eilish? <laughs> this is like almost fully. I know we haven't done like a straight straight pop st- like current Not pop since, stars uh, since Posty. Post Malone, but this is like almost I feel fully indulgent to me myself because if like if you've met me in the past like month and a half, I've probably been drunk and screaming about, about Billie, Billie Eilish. Eilish. I don't know. Billie Eilish has like. Uh, female post Malone vibes, I think. I see that. I, I think that they're inscrutable to olds in the same way. Even though I I personally think Billie Eilish is much easier to understand. She's just like a, a, a young girl with good pop songs. You, I think the appeal is easier to understand too because she looks like um, I mean, she's like, she's very beautiful. And I know she wears the same sort of baggy, strangely patterned clothes yeah. that Posty might favor, but yes. I, she looks <laughs> she's clean. <laughs> she does look a little cleaner. She's nice and clean. Although, even if we're comparing it to Post Malone, I was going to say that she constantly looks like she just woke up. Yes. Uh, and threw on the uh, latter day hot topic uh, reject outfits. Guy Fieri cosplay. Yeah, the Guy Fieri cosplay. Yeah, that she, which is that like impossible to understand, I think, by old, yeah, yeah. older people. No, it's 90s throwback coming back. I think it's more than that, though. It's, it's total rejection of. Uh, like sex appeal, like traditional sex appeal. Yeah, but then she does like have the face, which is like, I want to, I want to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> which is good, actually. Yes. Um. Anyway, she likes raincoats. She likes to wear raincoats. She likes a lot. raincoats. She likes uh snow boots, which is confusing because she lives in L.A. Here's one where she's wearing the uh, strap of an IKEA handbag as a choker. Yeah, that's extremely cool yeah, and good. That is. That I like that a lot. Yeah, you should do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would pull it off as well. I mean, she honestly looks like she's dressed as an Ikea bag. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like I've talked about her a little bit on the pod before. I'm a big fan. Do you want to talk about you, you, you and how you feel about Billy Eilish before I get my little like, spiel? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I heard, I'd heard of her of her. I guess in like, I don't know, February or March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, and I was like, oh, this is the new thing. It, as with all these things, it's always like kind of inscrutable where people come from. You hear a name like Billie Eilish and you're like, oh, is that a YouTube star? Did they do mm-hmm. like a monster TikTok feed yeah. or something? And you're, you, Cause like you hear a new person has a, uh, a music career and it could honestly be a crapshoot, uh, especially yeah. I feel like with a young woman, it could literally be right now like, oh, this is a legitimate musician who like, I don't know, won a songwriting competition. Like who, who is that woman who, who Pharrell found her in music writing Maggie school? Maggie Rogers. Like Maggie Rogers, yes. which is, has more standard career yes. that like she was going to music composition school and like did a master class with Pharrell and he was like, oh, you got the goods and like made her a, a, a yeah. thing. Versus <laughs> it could also just as easily be like, oh, her mom like ate a bunch of McDonald's hamburgers on YouTube and got like a billion <laughs> views and then she sang a good song on the follow-up interview and because of that, she has a record career now. You're like, you're I, so right. Either of those two trajectories could be easily well as attainable right now. So yep. you hear a new name like Billie Eilish and oh, she's got a billion streams 
and you're like, well, I I don't know what to make of that. But right. then I listen to her songs and they're good. So yeah. Right. Oh my God. That, I think that's a great assessment of like famous y- young women right now. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've got bad baby who <laughs> yes. came up off of doc- a Dr. Phil, <laughs> Phil appearance. Clip. Yes. Literally a viral a, Dr. Phil clip. Yeah. Turned that into a uh, apparently viable music recording career. Sure. There's um, another horrifying person is, uh, I don't know. Do, do you know who Jojo Siwa is? I've heard that name, but I don't know what their trajectory is. She's a 15 year old girl who came, I believe, off of the uh, TV show Dance Moms. Okay, sure. And she was a dancer on Dance Moms. Uh, she was not one of the moms. She was the dance children. Yes, she was a dance child. Um, although a 16 year old dance mom would, or 15 year old dance mom would be kind of funny. Well, that's the crossover way. of teen mom and dance moms. Teen, teen dance, dance moms. moms. Hell yeah. I'm surprised that <laughs> I, isn't even on I TV. I feel like we just barely missed the timeline where that happened. Like yeah. that era of reality television kind of fell out of favor. The teen mom, the dance mom, as we moved into the, like the now, uh, the, the Vander, Vander rules everything around me. Yes. Uh, uh, era. I think we, I think we like to see people be a bit older and a bit richer. Yes. And that makes, uh, their mistakes more palatable. So well, yes, because they're easier to fix. Yes. Uh, confronting the actual like horror of uh, poverty and like yeah. people doing ridiculous things to get out of poverty. It's is, a little too brutal depressing. right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Whereas, would take Vanderpump uh, any yeah, day. Exactly. All the, all the people on the Vanderpump rules, they, they can spend their way out of their problems yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Everyone except for like James Kennedy. Who <laughs> I clearly he Season can. nine of Vanderpump rules is just James Kennedy descending into horrible like permanent debt. <laughs> getting sentenced to debtor's prison like a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Jojo Ziwa is like now a you like dance moms YouTuber who I guess is also having a music career. So, yeah, sure. they really can't come. Or from like you could imagine like Olivia Jade pivoting into music career and being yeah. like, oh, yeah, obviously disgraced. Uh, Disgraced makeup swag YouTuber whose uh, yeah. mom was a punished elite. Uh, pivots into I don't know uh, EDM rap career. Yeah, or I don't. Did you hear about Lil Tay when Lil Tay was a thing? I mean, this was like a, a nine-year-old yeah. YouTuber who was like this like tiny girl who like spoke with a, a black scent and uh, like started fights at malls and like made music videos where she was like throwing cash around everywhere you and know, no like one knew where the it mall, came from. It's going down. Yeah. Um. It really really bad really bad stuff. Um, she was a literal child. <laughs> Billie Eilish is, is a teen. Is still um, technically child. Technically child, but she's been around since, um, I mean, she's been around since she was born, of course, but she's been <laughs> famous since 2015 when she went viral um, with this song, Ocean Eyes, which I, we, I suppose we should listen to. Yeah, let's listen to a little Ocean Eyes. So she's literally, yeah, she was 13 she when was she did 13 this. She was 13 when this came out? Mm-hmm. like a little Lana Del Rey. She's been compared to her. It's a little Lana, a little Lord with the like minimal ish minimal ish production. <laughs> really know how to make me cry when you give me those 
what I like about this is that I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod yet, but that absolutely horrible video that went viral of those two German teenagers singing Radiohead's Creep. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think there's a tendency, especially amongst like young singers, to overdo it on the histrionics. And it like because that's how you sound adult right is yes. you sing like mariah carey right, right like the the more you can glissando the the more of a real singer you are and i do like that i even at 13 she was showing some restraint like i like that yes i thought that's cool she so she she was in like the los angeles children's choir that's why she has that okay. sort of like well, t- take me back to the beginning. Yeah. What, what, okay. are, what, where does the story of Billy begin? Um, so the Fader article came out shortly before her album came out. So she her first ever full-length album came out in April. Um, yes, of this year. Like of two this months year, ago. Which a, is, a month ago. Yeah. A month, <laughs> it feels like longer. Uh, which is called When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Which is like very deep. I right? guess. We just kind of stay there in the bed. How do you know, Chris? I guess. I'm you have not dreams? That, I'm not, I do have dreams, but I don't go anywhere. Oh, well. I don't sleepwalk or anything. But in your dreams, you go places. Or do you just have not. like. I have really boring dreams. Oh, no. Yeah, I always have insane dreams that I bore you with. I'm usually still in the house or like going to get a sandwich somewhere. Like basically, I dream about the thing that I need to do the next day, but with extremely heightened anxiety attached oh, to it. Oh, no. I, I know how nervous you get about uh, getting sandwiches. Yes, I know. <laughs> about obtaining food. Yeah. Well, that needed, sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this Fader article came out like right around the cusp of her like actually blowing up, but she has been like very slow burnly blowing up since, since 2015. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, I like the way this, this article begins. It says, um, maybe as a kid, you pictured the house of your dreams before your dreams had to do with being terrifically rich. It didn't have to be too big, but there'd be a yard and the yard would definitely have a tree house. Maybe the tree would be strung with lights, a rusted chandelier dangling from one of its branches, like a vision from a Lewis Carroll tea party. And inside it's messy, but there's art everywhere, old paintings alongside baby pictures and scribbled inside jokes and musical instruments scattered through every room. The attic's full of racks upon racks of the craziest old costumes from your parents' theater days, and you've got to pull a rickety ladder down from the ceiling to get there unless you happen to know where the secret trap door is. It's in your brother's room. <laughs> Maybe your middle name also is Pirate. <laughs> um, I am standing in the backyard of Billie Eilish's childhood home, which is to say her home, be- having only recently turned 17, and I can't shake the sense of being on the inside of my dreamiest childhood reverie, the kind of setting where you might imagine you can do anything you put your mind to and actually believe it. So that is her actual childhood home? Yes. So she lives She lives in a uh, like set from a children's yes. TV show? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, she was born on December 18th, 2001. So that's like, you know, three months after 9-11, yes. as it was pointed out in uh, the article. She has an older brother who's three, four years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents were actors. Yes. Which I think explains a lot. Yes. To, okay, now... Yes. To what extent are they actors? I think they were like mild to, I think they were mildly successful actors. Mildly successful? Meaning like they could make somewhat of a living, but they weren't famous. Or like super well connected. I think they were connected. Because I think that that is one of the things that uh, as we examine new young people entering the industry, mm-hmm. 
uh, I've heard from several people offhandedly say stuff like, oh, oh, she's the an old, industry plant. Yeah, the only or not that she's an industry plant, but the only people who get famous now or big are like the children of, mm. you know, producers or famous people or people who are already rich. And I kind of want to disabuse that. I mean, it's true, always okay. true to a certain extent, but I kind of want to disabuse that because when you think of like the biggest stars recently, I mean, Post Malone, it's certainly true for he had a large amount of upper middle class, though not huge wealth to yes. go back on. But like Cardi B came up from yeah. no, li- literally I mean, nothing. Britney Spears was was poor. Yeah, well, Britney Spears <laughs> is like 20 years gone now. Oh, yeah, you're talking about now. now, now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's a mixed bag. Yeah. I feel like some people, it's not like she's the, she's not Jimmy Iovine's child. Right. Uh, she's, I think her parents knew people who knew people, but it really wasn't. So to talk more about her childhood, um, they, her parents taught classes like music together, which invited young children to sing constantly. Okay. As it, like as sung through musical in a class for children. I guess. That sounds like hell. Yeah, no, that sounds uh, really taxing. Yes. Um, the parents also took nonviolent communication courses, uh, which Phineas described as... Who is Phineas? Phineas is her brother. Oh, okay. Uh, Billy's brother. Uh, and oh, co-writer, yes. so these, co-producer. These parents are... Uh, they, they're some types. Yeah, yeah they uh, Phineas described those classes as encouraging expressions along the lines of, I'm not having my need for empathy met right now. <laughs> uh, what's funny, and they were homeschooled, which is always the thing that they sure. talk about. Well, in well then where, they, where were they taking these classes? Well, the class, you know. The oh, this was the curriculum just... of the homeschool. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think these were like classes that the parents taught that anyone, like other children went to. Oh, okay. They almost seem like like they're like oh our crazy Dr. Seuss house is open for business if yes. you want to bring your kids over for yes. empathy class. Uh, <laughs> her her I mean, mom, joke, their mom was in the Groundlings. If that I mean makes sure, sense, yeah. They're like I think they're like an improv family. Oh boy. Well, at least improv parents. Yeah. Uh oh. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's funny that this was happening in like 2001 because to me that speaks of like a hippier LA time. Yeah. Like seventies. Right, right, right. But like this, the dream of that is still somewhat alive in some people who were living, I mean, middle-class sure. lives. Yeah. I'm just imagining somebody coming from back from a groundlings class show and, uh, and doing the teaching this with their kids. And honestly it checks out. Yeah. I think that's believable. Um, so yeah, homeschooled, uh, but Billy took, she was really into, this is something I learned when I was reading this. Cause I have, dabbled in billy for like a year yes um she was super into contemporary dance okay which i did not realize and then i went back and i found they there was like a dance video for ocean eyes and this is like pre billy's creepy aesthetic Uh she's wearing like i don't know i went to a college with a a very strong dance program and went to so many (laughs) fucking performances where everyone wears the same like sort of ethereal tops and like tight shorts and do- everyone does the exact same sort of motions. Yeah. Yeah. A and lot of like sweeping is. up arms. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I mean, but she's, she's wonderful, but I was a roommate with one of the dancers and the noises you, you have to make to teach choreography. was always like, ta, 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 ta. <laughs> and I would just hear that from my room. Um, anyway, so like she had, that was like her pre-aesthetic was like contemporary. Like, so you think you can dance. Sure. Like motions. 
Um, but then she, so her brother was musical as well. They both were writing songs their whole childhoods, and they were very much encouraged by their parents. Um, he he wrote the song Ocean Eyes for his band. It wasn't really working. She hopped in and like sang it. And I mean, they that's threw it interesting on to hear because it doesn't sound like anything other than a song written around having a young, strong solo female singer. He said that he did it for himself for like it was about his feelings about someone with blue eyes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they put it on SoundCloud. Originally, the entire point was like they were going to send it to Billy's dance teacher to choreograph Grab something a, at yes. two, and it blew up. So she does have the like, on one hand, she lives in LA, her parents are entertainers, but she got a manager from someone her brother knew, like from shit that he had been doing. And then there was this sort of organic SoundCloud. So you're saying that like they put it on SoundCloud only as a means of hosting it to transfer it to somebody else? I think that's not explicit in the story, but like it's very possible. I don't think that they were like introducing Billie Eilish. You don't find a song like that if you don't like tag the shit out of it and like try to send it around and stuff. I I don't know. I don't understand the the actual dynamics of SoundCloud virality. I don't. We should try to dig into that because uh, going viral is not actually super easy, especially on a very non-integrated uh, platform like SoundCloud. But maybe, yeah, I, w- David, I would be interested in figuring that out. We should get David out. Turner back on. To we should. Yeah. Um, we. Ooh, oh yeah, it's thunderstorming while we're uh, it's 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 spoopy over here while we're podcasting. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm not on SoundCloud trolling for like the newest, coolest thing, but like, yeah, neither am does, I, which is hilarious. Do happen? I'm, yeah, because I'm also on SoundCloud constantly posting pods. Yes, po- podcast viral is different yeah. than. Well, the thing that I or you told me, someone mm-hmm. told me, I was reading just like something about the nature of virality, as you do, mm-hmm. and they said like videos aren't viral, people are viral, and mm-hmm. networks are viral, and so like. It's really not about the song or even the platform. It's about who is listening to it. Right. And I feel like, boy, oh, boy, teens are viral. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. And not to get too deep into this, but I feel like this is the this is the bread and butter. Yeah. But like figuring out virality, you know, a few years ago or like when the when the idea of a viral video was coined. Yes. Virality was like Facebook. Yes. You know, in like 2000. Maybe a little bit of YouTube. Yeah, 2007, 2000. But there's no sharing mechanism of YouTube. The idea is you take the okay, video yeah, yeah, and yeah. you yes. take it someplace else. Yeah. And so, like, when there was a more monolithic version of Facebook, like in 2000, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, that yeah. really just meant that a lot of people were like posting something around on Facebook. Yeah. But now I feel like Facebook's algorithm is. Uh, diminished in that way like Billie Eilish the way that she went viral I'm almost certain was not people posting her on Facebook probably no. so I don't know what mechanism is because you have I to think know a lot of this stuff is internal I mean when I think the what I go back to is um the opening of Justin Bieber's documentary Never Say Never yeah which basically shows like the genesis of his popularity on YouTube which mm-hmm. by the way came from his mom posting videos of him like performing at like Canadian Idol. Yeah, but she was posting them on For family. On YouTube. On YouTube as a platform, but then sending it to family members as a video hosting service. So then presumably they were sending it to other people. Emailing. Emailing. So Emailing. they used to call that dark dark viral. Okay. I remember this being a thing of like when you share stuff directly over email. 
I know teens are they can't be emailing, but I do think that things are being texted, they're being Instagrammed. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah, think right. it's like I think it a lot of it isn't just like a viral post that has a lot of likes on it. Yeah, yeah, but but you get my general <laughs> thing do. of like a YouTube video itself is it doesn't fun, go yeah. viral. It gets shared on other networks and it depends what networks people are plugged into. And I'm just not sure what those things are. Maybe if you have like a huge Twitter account or something. Yeah. But even well, Twitter is still a fairly small YouTube in a, as a platform in and of itself is starting to actually act more like a social network. Yeah, but individual people don't have like feeds on you. This is getting way too. We're getting, we're doing like social network <laughs> but that's uh, what this, review stuff I mean, here. You can't talk about Billie Eilish without talking about like how she got popular yeah. because she's at this weird mix of like SoundCloud rap, like kind of came out of nowhere and mm-hmm. super super deep like super classic industry big like yeah, major yeah. label strategy. Yeah. You know the the one thing that I bet but I've never actually heard of is that you are there is allowed like a reposting function mm-hmm. on um SoundCloud. So I bet there are a few or many SoundCloud users who yeah. aren't as much creators as like big time curators. Yeah. And you just go if you know who these people are, you go to their feeds and they're always like retweeting the stuff that or re clouding the stuff that's yeah. very good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the mechanism that something goes viral on SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's confusing <laughs> yes. to me. To Which me. is why we just spent like 10 minutes being like, how? Because wh- the... <laughs> again, we get to these points often where it's like yada, yada, yada. And then it was a hugely popular. Like We posted it on SoundCloud. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah. It got huge on SoundCloud. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was maybe keeps getting uh, cut out of these articles. But I feel like if we ever interviewed like, what is this guy's name? Thelonious Eilish? Phineas Eilish. (laughs) I'd be like, all right, listen, bro. What was the share that broke you? Yeah. Who who posted your SoundCloud to Twitter that got the first triple digit retweets that really started the momentum? Because there must have been a moment or something. I've been like, oh, you know, you, DJ Perp God retweeted mm-hmm. Ocean Eyes. Mm-hmm. We're legit now. Right. Something like that. Right. That's a great question. Their, her manager now claims that he had been sent the link when it only had a couple thousand listens. Whether mm. that's true or not. Well. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. That it's funny that in the Billboard article that we're going to talk about in a second, uh, Billy says it's weird 26 times during the interview, <laughs> mostly talking about her fame, career, and how everything happened. It's sure. Weird. It's, it's weird, weird, bro. Anyway, yes. So she, she goes viral. Uh, she's now so impossibly famous that she basically can't do anything or go anywhere. Like she's at that saturation point yeah. where she can't be anonymous anymore. She, she also dresses like a... stay in her tree house. Stay in her tree house Stay forever. in her tree chandelier. Yes. Uh, the... Her brother said in the Fader article, he says, we both try to remind each other that no matter the complications... Uh, the music that fame is the side effect of is not something we want to go away. It's like a medication that saves your life but makes your hair fall out. <laughs> and I like that because I think that's a kind of reverse way of thinking of it, especially when fame and creativity go hand in hand of they're sure. saying like, well, we don't want to not make music. It does seem like the fame is debilitating at this point yeah. to her. Yeah. I mean, I could only imagine being one of the most famous people in the world at age 17. Yeah. I don't know if this is the most appropriate 
uh, analog, but one of my favorite books uh, is written by a French author uh, who goes by two names. Uh, the first name is Romain Guerry. Okay. Under that name, he wrote a book uh, that was the that won like the French National Book Prize, which you're only supposed to win once in your life. Okay. And he was like, well, now I've won this award and I'll never know again if people actually like my books for their writing mm-hmm. or if they like them because I'm this big French National Book Prize winner. So he wrote his next book, The Life Before Us, under the name Emile Ajar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and The Life Before Us is the one of my favorite. Yeah. And then that won the French National Book Prize under the assumed name, but very, yeah. like the next year or something. Oh, my God. Uh, but I just like the ballsiness of being like, well, fuck, I won the big award. Now I can't write under my own name because I won't know if people just like me because I'm famous. Oh, it's I feel like a that's a book. very it's French m- thing to worry yeah, about. I but Yeah, I am too. Is the famous is uh, poisoning the minds of this. <laughs> I'll never write anything good again. Yes. I am someone else now. Uh, yeah, they, uh, Britney Spears is evoked in both the Fader article <laughs> and the Billboard article, and that's always like just what kind I of like the journalists. You can kind of hear mothering them muttering it under their breaths. Oh, Britney, Britney, yeah, Britney Spears. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, uh, no. So the Fader writer Megan Garvey wrote. She said the world isn't exactly lacking in exposition on the subject <laughs> of teen girl idols. You could write a book on the Greek tragedy of Britney's VMA performances from 1999 to 2007 alone. (laughs) Uh, And it's almost too tempting to place this precocious blue-haired badass in direct comparison, a neat diorama of what pop means now. But I don't think 17-year-olds actually care about what pop means now. Pop is rap, Instagram, everything, and nothing at all. I mean, it's hilarious and accurate to say Instagram as the second thing of what pop music means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Hey, look, the curvy wife guy just dropped a uh, rap song. That if that isn't Instagram being pop music, I don't know what it is. Right. Yeah. Oh. I, have you listened? Is it good? Uh, it's worth listening to because of how bad it is. Cool. Should we listen to a few? Yeah. My curvy wife. Her inner thighs chafe. She knows how they taste. They say less and more. I say more is great. She got a waist so big. Imagine recording this and then having the balls to release it. Cheek swallowed that bikini like a G string. 200 pounds, no flat tummy. She don't need a man. I just. This is sounds like a TED talk. Like, <laughs> there's just nothing musical about this at all. It's just mind boggling to me to make your, your thing yes. about having a wife. Wife. Like my identity is a wife, a wife guy. But then there's all the stages. There's like curvy wife. There's curvy. Now she's pregnant, so it's like curvy, curvy wife, mother. curvy mom. I love my my curvy baby mama. Yeah, and then they'll eventually get curvy divorce, and he'll be a curvy <laughs> divorcee, or she'll die, and he'll become a curvy widower. I'm sorry, that's fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up. I take it back. I hope neither of them ever die. Yes. <laughs> Society. That would be funny if they got a curvy divorce. <laughs> so she can curvy trade up. Sir, sir, what is what are you naming as the cause of uh, cause of divorce? Too curvy. Too curvy. Or lack of curves. Not curvy enough. Uh oh. 
Uh, her, fuck, her that was that recent, was really bad. I didn't. I did not like her that. recent weight weight loss journey. Uh, has robbed me of an essential part of my identity. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody's muttering Britney Spears. Everybody's muttering Britney Spears. Uh, there's also like a little interlude in this article where we see like Billy's room and all the. She basically like she. She says she has these crazy nightmares and she'll have like the same dream for a month straight and she'll wake up and like draw what she sees and the writer is like these drawings are actually like incredible looking. Oh god. And uh, what like she has a tapestry on her wall and then she like pulls up the tapestry and she like has written on her wall in Sharpie like all of the shit like lyrics and stuff. Like she's definitely like a dark teen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I feel yeah, like yeah. it's not like a shtick. Like yes. that's what teenagers do. That's what I did. Like I wrote yes. shitty poems. I wish I could have drawn on my wall. Yes. I oh. wish I could have drawn on my wall too. So I didn't uh, feel compelled to make a live journal. Oh yeah. Well, I, I don't regret the live journal. I, you know, I actually regret deleting mine cause I kind of wish you, s- spiders don't crawl the, the text <laughs> of those. So like there's no cash. Um, but I, there's some good shit in there, honestly, but I deleted it when I was like, oh no, I like name names and that thing. I, yeah, I also uh, lost a lot of the, uh, archive live journal, which is probably for the best for me. Yeah. (laughs) I would not want those old live journals dredged up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, the writer says like, when I first dove into her YouTube, I assumed that the appeal of Billie Eilish was that she gave no fucks a pop star posing the anarchic shrug of a SoundCloud rapper paging through her journal. I get a different impression, a girl whose life depends on this music shit to the point where she recorded more than 90 takes of the first word. Don't of when the party's over, which is a song of hers just to get the right sound. Uh, and Billy says, there's people who say, I don't even care. I've caught myself doing that. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Liar. Everybody gives a fuck. Dude, I give such a fuck. <laughs> uh, my my hot take on that is that I don't think it's a good idea to just record your album word by word. Well, what I think it meant was like she needed to do it 90, 90 takes times, to get yeah. into it. I like the idea of trying to record your whole album. Just like, don't, don't, don't. Okay, that one. Yeah. Take. take. <laughs> just like try to patch the whole thing through, just nailing one word at a time. That sounds like an art, like an arty thing that an arty <laughs> person would do. Yeah. You'd be like, and but they would tell you afterwards. You'd be like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. <laughs> <But I think laughs> it seems like a lot of work to not get any effect from it. Yeah. And you have to cut after every yeah. single time too. Exactly. So you're just splicing together. Tape. Yeah. And then you, uh, yeah, you record the entire thing, 90 takes word by word. And then uh, you are like, that was a hard day. And then point to the editor and you're like, you got this though, right? You're good. <laughs> you, you just stitch that all together and make something cool out of it. All right, cool. Um, I'll see you later. <laughs> don't, uh, not at the after party. Don't come to the after party. Don't, don't see me there. Yeah. Don't see me there. <laughs> I don't want to see you there. <laughs> <laughs> this is completely unrelated, but I was looking up. I saw this band this weekend, Wet. Yeah. Uh, and they had done an interview with a fader when it's basically a one woman who used to be part, like the band used to be a trio. Like they had some disagreements. One guy left and now like she's kind of the band leader and someone else is supporting. But she produced her last album with Rostam Batman Gleege. I'm going to have to like cut that in from uh, Vamp- oh, Vampire Weekend. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, and she was talking about how like he produced her songs and they would be like out at a party and she would, he would say like, 
oh, like your voice sounds really cool right now. Like, let's go to the studio. And she'd be like, it's 2 a.m. and I'm at a party and I'm drunk. Like, no, I don't want to go do this. And you'd be like, yes, we have to. And so we did it. And it was great. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds like it sucks. Um, uh, what? Nancy Wong claims that she was blackout drunk singing backup vocals for One Touch on This Is Happening, LCDs. This do you is think happening. James dragged her out of wherever she was and was like... She was at a wine bar and we he called now. and was like, hey, I'm, I'm laying down the vocals for One Touch right now and I could really use you. I have a part for you. Come over. And she's like, I'm fucking drunk. And he's like, come over now. It'll be great. Uh, and she's really screaming, going for it on that album, I on love, that song. I love her. Ladies and gentlemen, Nancy Wong. Nancy Wong. Uh, Yes. So I, I don't know. I, I like that Fader article because it was gave such a portrait of Billy as like a fully realized person and not a meme or but also not still just like a child, a, te- a teenager, a teenager, a yeah. liter- literally a teenager. Um, let's let's talk about the business side of things. <laughs> yes, great. So Billboard, basically, they wrote an article about the album launch, the album rollout yes. of her debut, um, the release strategy, the the, the release strategy. And it's kind of a trip. Like, I read this when it came can, out. Can we take one moment, though? Because I feel like we haven't really talked about why she's so big. Yes. And a little bit about these songs. Yes. And I think we should take now to play Bad, Bad Guy, Guy. A song that fucking owns. So and we both good. love. Love and it. you're like, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, who is she? Like, why is she pop- so popular? And you're like, oh, fuck. This is... this. Not only is it, like good and energizing and a great pop song in almost every uh, like classic sense of it but it is also weird and dark and ominous in a way and, and totally unique in a way that I, I have not heard a major pop song in, in, in a recent time yes Bruises on both my knees for you Don't say thank you Oh, please, I do what I want When I'm wanting to My soul, so cynical So you're a tough guy Like you're really rough guy Just can't get enough guy Just always All the fucking pauses in this Yeah I'm the bad type Make your mama sad type Make your girlfriend mad type Might seduce your dad type yeah. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Yeah, this song it's is undeniable. Rips. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a bop, it's a jam, it slaps, it bangs. It's got, so I listened to the Switched On Pop podcast specifically on, on this, mostly this song. Well, it was a, about a bunch of other Billy songs, but there's no, they, and they talk to Phineas. There's, in the music, there are no chords. Yeah. It's just her voice is... Uh, multi-tracked right so like that's cool yes the baseline rules it's fast yeah it's fast it's moody it's got, and she plays with dynamics all of her all of her music does because she has this kind of like hushed lord-esque mm-hmm. voice I mean, she exactly basically like only gets louder and softer that's the that's the dynamic yeah. process but she never gets so loud like she, yeah, she I, never she yells doesn't or anything yeah, yeah no it's it's really groovy. It's funny. It's groovy. It's funny. No, it's the perfect song for 2019. It's it's got all the things. I it's like a little industrial. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a festival this weekend, and they broke this out the second to last song of a DJ set, and people lost their minds. Also, like. I, I probably should have been put under arrest. <laughs> like someone, like I, I should have been taken away. Um, you you could not handle it. I could, I, yeah. 
And then there's this breakdown, mm-hmm. which apparently is how the song started. Oh, it started as she, this? Yeah, Billy made this part. And then they kind of like reverse engineered the song from this. I like when you get mad. I guess I'm pretty glad that you're alone. You said she's scared of me. I mean, I don't see what she sees, but maybe it's cut. I mean, not to disparage Billy, but this is the part that sounds like other things these days. This sounds like it could be the the spine of an Ariana Grande song or something. Sure. Uh, but I think more it is. like and the and the idea to take it into that like fucked up uh like demented fu- fucked up demented carousel music from the first part yeah. of it, you know? Or to me it reminds me of an early Eminem, like some yes, shady yes. Eminem era. The, yeah, beat. dark, bouncy, yeah. aggressive. It's good. Cartoony uh, or as friend of the pod, Joel Sedensky would say, it's fun evil. It is fun evil. Oh, it's a very fun evil song. Yep. And uh, we, we do love that. We stand a fun evil song. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I just wanted to <laughs> I do think a that's full a good, read a of Bad Guy first before we get into the business yep. side of this to establish that we are both big fans of the the whole the music that yes. she is making and, and try to put forth the argument that it is largely actually good. Yes. And I think that, you know, we'll, we're about to talk about all the, the strategy stuff. And then we just heard all the personality stuff. But like none of this would be relevant if she wasn't a good, unique artist. If, if the tunes weren't good. Yeah. Although otherwise, Ocean Eyes then doesn't it's, really do a, a lot for me. So. Yeah, I think that's a, it's more, it's mellower. I yeah. think it is. I mean, that's like an, a classic The O.C. soundtrack song. Yeah. The aesthetic. The, the O.C. is soundtrack. A lot existed. of, a lot of her stuff has actually been placed in like teen. Yeah, um, sure. I think I think Ocean Eyes was in Thirteen Reasons Why, which was oh, that. Yes, it was. Which was that yes, Netflix show that basically oh, yeah, maybe yeah. increased the suicide rate amongst yeah, teens like, in the United States. Teens, have you considered suicide? Suicide, <laughs> actually, good. Yeah, no, have you tried? Is... Have you wanted to punish somebody you know recently? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't, please, Scott. <laughs> I'm I'm speaking specifically to Netflix. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Well, and everybody. Um, yeah, I'm sure she's been placed in like Riverdale and shit like that as yeah. well. Yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Maybe um, uh, the new Nancy Drew series uh, when the fucking whatever the season arc villain of the Nancy Drew series introduces themselves, bad guy will play. Yeah. That seems like something if I was directing Nancy Drew, the young adult series on CW, I'd be like, yo, can we get bad guy? Can we get the bad guy on there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yo, can we get bad guy for this? <laughs> The other song, can we actually listen to one more song before sure, sure, we sure. talk strategy? Uh, Bellyache. This was an earlier song. This wasn't off. I think it may have still been on the new record, but it was launched earlier yeah, as a I single. See, this has got some of the Ocean Eyes, like, yeah. cooey stuff. But this has a really interesting structure. Like you got the acoustic guitar, little like Latin esque beat. Yeah. Sitting all alone, mouth full of gum in the driveway. My friends aren't far in the back of my car. Lay their bodies. She's got a bunch of dead friends. Where's my mind? Got the Pixies reference. Pretty soon, looking through my room for the money. 
strong drop for a this strong a, central melody it's a very i don't know it's just very unique boom boom pow <laughs> of course it's got, the, <laughs> it's got that will i am flair yeah it's got the that look they, they stole from the best <sighs> no I, I think that that chorus is monster yep hey what do we <laughs> Always say, you need a a verse uh, a verse of young disaffection and then a monster chorus. Yeah. I don't it's good. I just want to hear that drum one more time. The boom boom pow. Yeah. Here we go. Also, I don't think this comes across maybe on a podcast but <laughs> when we played this in a car it rattled the entire dashboard <laughs> that's what I like because there's these very there's verse, very poppy chorus, there's verse chorus chorus I mean she's got it yeah but then bad guy doesn't have a chorus yeah it's true it's good uh, honestly, the um, the verses I find a little like unex- unexceptional, or but if it didn't lead to that monster chorus, but that's you just gotta what play you're with dynamics. For. Yeah, she's yeah. just she's just the pixies. She's just laughs <laughs> off louding it, but with the aesthetic of like I mean, what it reminds me of is in that article about SoundCloud rappers that we talked about, where I think it was XXX like first single. And of record industry guy listened to it and was like, "This isn't mixed, bro." <laughs> yeah, that? exactly. Like, like, what the fuck? This isn't like the shot. This song is not mixed, <laughs> and I feel like that brings that aesthetic to yeah. a, something a little bit more polished. Well, I mean, these songs are all very well, yeah, well produced. Yeah, but, but yeah. it's still got that like, yeah, that, but that it, vine it's also sound. like very much, uh, you know, what we're talking about right now. We've been talking about a lot of like, what is even pop music? Like acoustic guitar to bongos and bongos to a like trap drum. Yeah. Uh, chorus wall to support like soaring harmonic female gang vocal <laughs> like single singer lyrics. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pop. Yeah, just yeah, just make it make it good. Make it good. Uh, strategy, <laughs> strategy. So, in terms of like the actual mechanics of it, at least what has been reported in Billboard. So after Ocean Eyes went viral. On SoundCloud, she got Billy got a manager who knew her brother, then she got a co-manager, uh, and then she was signed to this uh, sub-label of Interscope called The Dark Room. Okay. The Dark that Room. That sounds cool. I want to be there. Take me to Interscope's <laughs> The Dark Room. <laughs> Throw in like The Dark experience. Room party and let me in. Yeah. Well, The Dark Room is also the like bar in Meet Me in the Bathroom. Yeah, where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Name anything the dark room, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, let me ooh. get in there. 
I want to see what's inside. <laughs> this is probably why I'd be killed in a horror movie because I see something labeled the dark room. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That that would absolutely As long be as there's a demise. deep bass reverberating from the inside. <laughs> the bass is just rattling bones of yeah, other exactly. people who were brave enough to go into the dark room. Yes. Oh, this slaps. Uh, so yeah, the dark room, it was actually started by a young dude named Dustin, Justin Lubliner. Lubliner? <laughs> okay, great. <sighs> Whatever he so he started the dark room as an independent label and then he became a subsidy of Interscope. So uh, she also got a publicist when she was like fourteen. Sure. So she's she as got in the mix. You're right. She wasn't trying to be in this. This is not an indie situation. Right. Uh. So that's why I feel like industry plant rumors or whatever is like not quite accurate because she, there's been this infrastructure the entire time. Yeah, there are things you can do to get famous young if yeah. you've got the goods. Yes. As we said in the intro, she hit a billion streams before the f- album actually came out. Uh, she released like six or something singles from that album before it was actually launched. And the strategy behind that was like, we want to release. We don't want there to be one massive song that we kind of a usurps. flood of Billy. Yes. A, yes. A casual <laughs> we, flood. We don't want her to do, to do serps. We d- <laughs> yes. So... The idea being like everything's sort of evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. She also has, I would say, very different sound, like sounds and moods on right, each right, right. one, which is a playlist grab mm-hmm. for like Spotify, sure. meaning like you get on one thing, you get on another thing. But there's a song from the album that can go on any playlist. Yes. Basically. There can be stuff that is like would fit in on a hip hop playlist, stuff that's on like pop, stuff that's on like female indie. Sure. You know, chill beats singer songwriter or whatever. Yeah. yeah, chill beats is studying relax too. Um, <laughs> Those are my favorites. Lo-fi, lo-fi, Billie Eilish beats to study slash relax too. Yeah. Um. So like that was part of it. She and when the album dropped, so twelve of uh the fourteen songs on the album hit the Billboard Hot 100, and so did two other songs that she already released. Mm-hmm. So she broke the record amongst women for the most simultaneously charted Hot 100, 100 singles. With 16? Uh, with um, 14. 14. Last- oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's 14 songs in the album, 12 of them charted, and, and then two, two other more. ones. <laughs> Just, there were two other random songs I have that are charting. Could you guess who did this before her? Or who was the Did you already ask me her? this one? Can nope. I cheat on this? No, that, uh, I asked you a completely different question. I'm always going to answer Whitney Houston? Cardi B. Cardi, Cardi B. Oh, that makes sense. Probably like a year ago, yes, right? Yes, literally a year before. She had 13 sing- yeah. singles. I mean, she was like on every song last year. All, But the difference is all of her album songs got on the chart. <laughs> and the only one that actually uh, didn't So come who back. has the higher percentage? Uh, KD ratio. Uh, uh, check the rings. <laughs> Cardi's um, still on top. Who do you think had it before Cardi B? Whitney Houston? Ariana Grande. Oh God! With did all of her songs chart as well? I can't remember. Maybe. Uh, you you want to know who did it before her? God damn it! How how deep does this go? Just basically like every female diva who releases an album, every single song charts. Is it Beyonce? It's Beyonce. Yay. That was Lemonade. Lemonade. And I think that was a one hundred percent album success rate. Yeah. So like it's uh, it's not like she's breaking like an Elvis record or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like literally been broken every year by the female al- artist who releases an album that year for the last five straight years. But it shows that Billie Eilish is in the company of Ariana Grande, Beyonce, yeah, yeah. Cardi B, like big big ass bitches. Uh, big ass bitches. <laughs> uh, it does. Uh, it does so that ladies do be loving buying albums. 
<laughs> ladies do. <laughs> um, and and Billy thought of her in this article. They were just talking about how like Billy is an album person. She likes to think about her art in album form, even though she dropped all these singles. Yeah, yeah. The album is a statement, and I think that comes in somewhat contrast to what the trend is, which is just people literally shitting random singles everywhere, every yes. which way. This album does have an aesthetic musically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say that I would do a slight pushback when I say, and this even goes for uh, LCD, mm. who you know I would rarely criticize, mm. but my dudes and Billy, forcing your album to be in all lowercase is not an aesthetic. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Yeah. Usually when people do that, I'm just like, Ariana Grande did it too. Yeah. For, um, at least for Thank You Next, if not for Sweetener. Yeah. Just, it's fine. But you know what the useful thing is? I was listening to the Spotify, this is Ariana Grande playlist Mm -hmm. when I was cleaning (laughs) and I could tell, like when I was looking at my phone, I'd be like, oh, which album did this come off of? And I could at least tell the era of whether it was capitalized Sure, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> so it is, I, I don't know. I guess it is like a little bit of bridge to like that, what a, you know, we were talking about like Live Journal earlier. Yeah. And that's like a very, like, I don't know, exerting control over capital capitalization policies. I mean, that is like yeah. a very like teen rebellion type thing. Yeah, totally. Which is also, I mean, teen rebellion makes more sense, which is also why I uh, can feel confident finger waving against James Murphy. You're in your 40s. You don't need to capitalize some words. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, um, the, the other example I'll bring up of just like the absolute opposite of this major label album oriented strategy is like did, did I talk about this already the Playboy Cardi song that it's not by Playboy Cardi we have not talked about it on this thing but please tell the saga of the of the Playboy Cardi song okay so for anyone who didn't know about this first of all it's probably better that you did it because <laughs> it I think about it like all the time and it hurts me I found out about this this was LinkedIn uh, a friend of the pod David Turner's amazing newsletter Penny Fractions which everyone should subscribe to and uh, hop on the, the Patreon for because it's awesome and I learn new things about music all the time from it anyway uh playboy cardi rapper he what is the name of this song it, the name well here's the thing <laughs> I, can't e- first can't of all, I can't even tell you because it's not a song and the name that everyone uses to describe the song is not the name of the song playboy cardi did an instagram live where he played he basically leaked a song that he implied was from him and there were some lyrics in it talking about like smoking indica, like Kid Cudi. And it had the, like a sped up. Uh, are you finding it right now? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up. It had a sort of like sped up vocal beat to it that was very, you're, I don't know, wormy, you're termite <laughs> And it became a viral hit, got ripped from the live stream. Someone made a fan video for it, which got like millions of views. So now I'm, I'm, I'm watching something on YouTube called Playboy Cardi Kid Cuddy featuring Lil Uzi Burt, Young Nudie. That's a good one. I've not heard that one before. <laughs> and ASAP Rocky. But honestly, I have no idea if this is the one. There's like a full produced video for this. I don't know if this is what we're actually watching. Oh, is that sped up thing, the Kid Cuddy part? Yeah. Yeah. 
gotta keep my guard. When I see them cops, you know I have my gun. Middle finger fork, twelve, always on my blocks. Middle finger to the arm, we gon' pop at all. Pop a body, drop a drop, cop a body, do They be talking about it, but don't know who be doing it. So, this is not. This is this is a leaked snippet of someone else's song. Uh, the song is by a rapper called Young Young Nudie. Oh, yeah, it's Young Nudie. Yeah. Okay, but it was just his song. And the song was originally called Pissy Pamper, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's a great name. Yeah. So the song went viral. And then Playboy Cardi performed it at Coachella, like a couple weeks later. And now apparently it sounds like it was released in a slightly more official form. Yeah. But anyway, this With is like just a like a full music video. Yeah. This this is the opposite of like an album launch strategy. This yeah. Is, this is album chaos. This is album chaos. Yes. So again, just to recap, as we kind of look this up, Cardi was in the studio mm. just playing a beat in the background. Yes. And he Instagram lived it. Yes. People thought that was good, so they pulled down the beat, which wasn't his, yes. under the name Playboy Cardi and released it on, or put it up on YouTube or something. Yes. So it was Playboy, Playboy Cardi, Kid Cudi yep. song. Yep. There was just a beat that wasn't his. Yep. And the then whole because, song that because that became viral, yes. he had to take ownership of it and create a whole song around it. Yes. Featuring featuring the original rapper. Original rapper. Yes. Himself, ASAP Rocky. Yep. And I guess Kid Cudi gets some kind right, of well, credit. He's just re- well, he's just referenced by name as yeah. someone who smokes high quality, uh, like downer marijuana. Great. What is also might be interesting to you is that the sample on the song is uh, Tasogare, a 1980 song by Japanese singer Mai Yamane, who is best known to U.S. audiences for her work on the Adult Swim series Cowboy Bebop. <gasps> Yes. Yeah? Yes. She is well known to me. I bet they fucking know about her because uh, rappers love anime. Yeah. And Billie Eilish loves anime as well. Oh, she's she does? Always, she's regularly wearing like gigantic Guy Fieri sort of short sleeve button downs and huge baggy pants with like Sailor Moon on them. Hell yeah. She's so cool. Do you want some uh, Sailor Moon swag? Probably. <laughs> I related to Sailor Jupiter when I was a child. That was like my one. Um, anyway. I feel like this podcast episode is like uh, a, so, little... a dive into virality, like between the, yeah, yeah. Uh, between Billy, this shit, and then the curvy wife anthem. Like, yes. Oh boy, the internet is so so vast. Anyway, to continue Billy's rollout, she the strategy happened over eight months with her sixteen person team. Uh, her boss, the label boss Justin, remembered watching how Travis Scott and Chance the Rapper broke into streaming not through one song, but with a body of work and a well-defined image. Uh, And then, so this quote I just love, in an industry dominated by experimental release strategies and last-minute digital first albums, Billie Eilish has shown the power of sticking to a carefully plotted global marketing plan, vindicating believers in old-school artist development and major label scale. (sighs) That's, I mean... Love to vindicate. Love to vindicate ADR. I'm sure that that is her main goal. Is that when she was like, look, the first thing that I wanted to do with this album, Where Do We Go When We Sleep, is uh, to to make sure that the record labels still feel useful. But this, but this, this is where I feel 
it makes me sad is because like she is being talked about as a product. Yeah, yeah. Like th- this is where you can't avoid, I guess, talking about your artist like a product. Mm-hmm. But at least you know, no one is saying. Maybe someone's saying this shit about Playboy Cardi about how they can maximize the the velocity of his virality to uh glo- globally dominate uh, various <laughs> local markets. Yeah, but, yeah, very well. But I don't, I don't, I don't. Pe- people are talking about Billy the way they talked about Britney Spears or Insync or kind of the, in this last era or a, couple, a few eras ago of like just the major mega pop star. Well, I guess then that is the irony is that like that that music chaos like Playboy Cardi is going to be a way for you to take control over your own product because if nothing can be planned around, God, do I know this from working with Chapo? Mm -hmm. If literally nothing can be planned around how you plan to do your music Mm -hmm. or creative product, then nobody can control you because there's no forward infrastructure around things. Yes, But then on the opposite side of things no one can make you no one can scale your money yes that's true which is what this you know leaking uh your song or someone else's song on instagram live is like how much money is he seeing from that i don't know yeah i mean how much money is anyone making anyway from this stuff and now he's released that song and it's become a hit but because he basically released it over an accident on instagram live who knows what the how that affects the writing credits on it and like who gets paid from it. Yeah. uh, Which probably could have been, you know, controlled to a much greater extent if Cardi had just released it normally. Normally? (laughs) (laughs) And pressed it to a seven inch acetate. (laughs) A white label, Japanese import, of course. The only way to listen to music. Uh, Another uh, facet of the Billy strategy her label boss connected with key players in individual markets to ask if you sign God, a local this artist. Like a drill going through my temple. I know. If you sign a local artist, what are the five things you would do outside of streaming? The result: advice on everything from what publications to pitch to which college radio stations to approach to which performance sessions to book around the globe. Then we would spend a lot of time when she would go to each market doing all those things, but always with Eilish's input. Fucking kill me. And she did this? This is how she did it? Yep. Uh, that sounds mind-numbing. And it's it goes back to the like weird IRL. It's funny talking about local markets when you have the internet. Yeah, exactly. But there is, like, people do move in, in space, in meat yeah, space. Yeah. All, uh, that all just reminds me of, like, when you have to watch clips from people trying to get, like, quotes from, you know, People doing red carpet or, or you know press appearances junkets. for junk yeah junk junkets yeah. for like superhero movies and you can just tell and you know Chris Hemsworth eyes is that this is the fortieth video mm-hmm. interview that he has done today and he like there's just no nothing there for it yeah. anymore. That's why I like when uh, people get stoned like or you clearly see people who are like drunk at yeah. uh, junkets or events like red carpets. Uh, drunk it. Drunk it. That sounds like a uh, a good web series from it about. Does. Six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, this I found very interesting. Uh, they're just talking about different platforms because obviously we have all these digital platforms. Right. Uh, Billy's team hasn't shown favoritism toward Apple or any one platform, frustrating some streaming executives who had, had hoped to take more credit for her success along the way, sources say. Hell yeah. Fuck, the, fuck those streaming executives. In February, she partnered with YouTube for the launch of its original mini film series initiative. <laughs> 
In March, Spotify crafted an interactive experience in downtown LA in which 14 rooms represented her 14 album tracks. And then internationally, she has worked with Amazon Music and Deezer. And she has also done some Apple stuff. That just, all this makes me just so depressed to just think of all the people out there who are working on YouTube's, what was it, short film experience? Yeah. Yeah. Project and how many people had to get involved to do like with interactive outward facing storytelling experience centered around Bill. Like, yeah, but, and I, I understand your frustration, but she had already had such a devoted, like core fan base right. that this is exactly the kind of stuff that would please them. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that you would like travel to go do I'm, as a fan. It's true. I, but I understand that it like, especially in this day and age, stuff like this feels so manufactured. Yeah. And it just, it's not just that it feels manufactured because obviously everything is manufactured, manufactured, but it's just that every single silo in which it's a musician who made some songs, yes. right? Yes. And so we have this collection of songs mm-hmm. that exist on an album that you can listen to in a variety of formats. You can probably buy this on CD, yeah. right? And put it in a CD player and just like listen to it straight through and be like, oh, I'll listen to an album. Yeah. But the fact that there are so many outlets around the entire world right now that have so many people that are like, I'm going to build a series of 200 dioramas that will be exclusively available at a mall in Japan yeah. that Billy will be at in four months yeah. to encourage people to engage tactically with her album to promote Japan's native only streaming service. Like, right. like there's so many different ways like pushing all this stuff forward. And you know, it's like kind of same as it ever was. I mean, what are cardboard standees that you would put in, record stores 30, yeah. 40 years ago, except something like this. But but it just seems like so much uh, bu- busy work. Yes. W- creative work that ultimately leads to nothing, you know? Yes. Do you think there will be many people 10, 20, 40 years from now who mm-hmm. are like, you know what I remember? The Spotify Hotel Room Interactive Experience about Billie Eilish, Eilish's debut album. I think her f- fans who went will okay. remember it. Her fans who still enjoy listening to her. Sure. She, I, I don't know, especially if you're a young person, the things that you like when you're young are often the very things that you reject when you get older. Sure. It's, I don't know, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I do think that this is, kind of, it's, it's more just like, this stuff seems more absurd knowing what we know about what has happened in pop music before. Yeah. Because it has broken people. Right. Like the, I mean, I don't know what Playboy Cardi's mindset is, but like he might just be chilling because he doesn't have to do <laughs> the interactive, like immersive be. experience like in a Japan. Good way to be. Uh, so it's a you know with great with great scale comes great yeah. cost to you as a literal worker. Yeah, but then you also, also get to be like the most famous person on the planet potentially. Yeah. So. It is when you think about it in these terms of like platforms and like people being like, <laughs> yes. I wish she had done one more Apple thing. It's like, that's embarrassing. It's cringy, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And she's not a cringy person. Yeah. And I guess the thing that's most, the most disgusting about it to me is not that she had like, because she didn't have like have a plan for how she was going to, or a, a huge concept for how she was going to do these rollouts and these different streaming services. It's literally a guy at Apple being like, hmm. How can I get my name on the Billie Eilish phenomenon and yeah. and get credit for it? As I a- mean, the 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 way the sausage would get made is like 
there would be some sort of team on Spotify that's like, what can we pitch Billy's team to get yes. her on our side? Yes. And there would be a deck being like, well, yes. we know Billy likes creepy shit. So why not make a, like 14 rooms of creepy shit? That would be like a social interaction. There would be like, okay, what are our hashtags? Blah, blah, blah. Look, we, and then they would present it to We've both been on yeah. the deck side of and it's, those it's types emb- of things. It's embarrassing. It's t- it, Branding is inherently embarrassing. No, and it is. And it's also like, again, just to like really drill down for my own edification on my yeah. own disgust. It's also the thing that like, everybody that's, who's making that Spotify thing is probably excited to work with her because she's cool and her music is good and stuff. But yeah. like, not anybody on that team is going to be the number one Billy fan or like a visionary director who has a unique, specific vision for mm-hmm. the Billie Eilish experience. It's like a bunch of people who their boss came into a room and were like, we need 14 ideas for Billie Eilish's sure. thing. And we need it in like four weeks and we need to convince her to do it with us. Yeah. And then a bunch of people who are like maybe 70%, 60% invested in doing something cool for Billie Eilish, make something like, 70% cool and yeah. then Billie Eilish comes in and it's one of 40 things she has to do that day and looks at it all and goes yeah and then <laughs> walks out and then they get to say oh we got it with Billie Eilish's input it's, it's like yeah you know all this work to create just so much me- mediocre busy work yeah. and that is the part that is uh a- a- essentially disgusting and alienating yes me. yeah and it, but I think it's both sides too it's Obviously, these people have to come with good ideas for Billie Eilish, but then Billie Eilish and her team have to be like, we want number one top placement on New Music Friday. Sure, yeah. So, like, it's a symbiotic relationship. I think it is just at the end of the day, how big do you want to be and then how low do you have to go in order to make that happen? And she wants it real bad. Yes. She's also very, very young. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. When I see her, I'm like, this slaps. But also, oh, my God, I worry about this girl. Yeah. (laughs) Because she, I mean, I don't know. I've I've talked about this many with many people of just, like, at the end of the day, you cannot, uh, you cannot prevent exploitation in this particular way. Especially when you're surrounded by you know, as I was just talking about, so many different vectors yes. to be exploited. In. Mm-hmm. Even though the basic transaction, as I was just saying, was a musician making mm-hmm. an album songs. Right. There's just so many different ways in which people are trying to take parts of that out of you. Yeah. Uh, and each one of those ways is, is a different way to be exploited. Yeah. Which is why it's funny. I actually think this works on multiple levels. Uh, I can't remember who it was who invoked Fiona Apple as kind of an example mm-hmm. because I think it, it that actually works as a comparison because like Fiona Apple mm, was yeah, kind of jazzy yeah, yeah. and Billie Eilish actually has some very like jazzy inflections yeah. on some of her slower stuff on the album. But also like Fiona Apple was big, massive, huge, like came on with a huge splash from New York City, the mm-hmm. other side of the country, uh, massive music video, one of VMA went up on stage and was like, this world is bullshit. <laughs> and I can easily see Billie Eilish becoming a this world is bullshit person. She hasn't done that yet. Yeah. She's usually like right now, her kind of spiel is like fame is really hard and scary and weird. And I kind of don't weird, weird. It's weird. And I don't understand it. And yet I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't making music, but Probably I can going easily graduate high school. Graduating <laughs> high school. <laughs> She's homeschooled, so she sure. just staying graduating home. homeschool. Graduating homeschool, but I could easily see her like 
like kind of flipping that and being like, actually, this is all garbage. Why the fuck do I have to go to Spotify and do an interactive experience? Get black-pilled Billy Iris. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's basically... Yeah, it would be great if she, uh, I don't know, became a communist or something. Get get into communism memes. Yeah. You're, the... you're an age that could, that could happen. Yeah. She's got a great platform for it. Yeah, she does. Um, she There's a weird thing near the beginning of her billboard article that we can close with where she said everything that's being said about me and what I've created I'm playing Coachella tomorrow and I'm doing this and I'm doing that I have to keep thinking of it like I'm not me because it's just a name it's like a brand which I own and I have the rights to but it's also something else it's a very strange feeling it is that does seem like a strange feeling brands man yeah she should have chosen another name for her her stage name even though Billie Eilish is a tremendous stage name it sounds good it's wonderful yeah, it feels good in the mouth. I mean, no, this would be a hindsight thing for her, but like, mm. I feel like choosing a name that's different from your name to be your recorded name, you know, like a David Bowie or something, yeah. you know, it would just go such a long way mentally in terms of packing all that stuff away into being like, that's not me, that's David Bowie. You know who does that or who did that and talked about it is Lord. Yeah. Lord is like when I say Lord, <laughs> she has said like when someone talks to me and says like, Lord, I don't know, like, it's not like I respond. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, I'm Ella. Mm-hmm. So. The show is Lord. Yeah. I am the Ella. The brand is Lord. The brand is Lord. And, like, and that's also, I mean, that's like Madonna. Madonna, like Madonna Lady Gaga. There's a, that's how you also know, like, who you know. Because yeah, yeah. if if you have people who are t- calling you your actual name, like, those are people who are not necessarily invested in the brand. But if right. someone refers to you as your brand, like, you know what's on their brain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. But no, she's, I think that's she's good. Billy. <sighs> is that is that the story of Billy Eilish? That's the story so far. Not a lot of biography because she's, she's yep, very young, seventeen. Uh, well, Godspeed on not getting exploited into nothingness. Yep, uh, Billy Eilish. We have the blue. You know, we've got the blueprint. Yeah, so. I guess the one thing that we didn't really talk about is that her brother writes all of her songs. Yes. So and they co-write sometimes. Yes. But yeah, but he is the musical creative force. Yes. Behind it. Yes. For the most part. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people comment about the overtly sexual nature mm-hmm. of some of the songs that he writes for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is it? Red marks on my knees for you. Oh, yeah. Bruises on both my knees, knees for you. For you. Seduce. I could be the seduce your dad type. Those are just from bad guy. Yeah. Uh, those are songs written by a... 19, 20, 21 year old for his 16, 17 year old sister to yeah. sing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they work as lyrics and as song works tonally and everything. But like, I mean, I don't know. Should we raise an eyebrow at that? I don't know. Because I mean, she is somewhat, she's a collaborator. Yeah. And so I think in I terms of like agency. Yeah. I don't think that she's like singing anything that she wouldn't want to. But right. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know. What, it's a, a little weird. Yeah. Did she write all the lyrics? I don't I don't know. I mean, and this is where I don't know what who's lifting the weight where. Yeah. She does seem like a strong enough willed person that she wouldn't want to sing things yeah, that she didn't want to sing. And it seems like their family dynamic is pretty good. Yeah. It's not seem at least initially outwardly that anybody's getting super manipulated if I they're think- like hippie groundlings actor parents yeah i think if anything you know if you grow up being like my empathy needs are not being met right now (laughs) i mean that is of all the environments of pop stars growing up we've heard in that is probably the most conducive to being normal yeah 
Yeah. At least in the pop star context. Yeah. Because those are the tools that you need to be a pop star. Yeah. Weirdly. Even though the, the spending your childhood being like my empathy empathy needs are not being meant might make you a weirdo <laughs> in <laughs> real world in like normal people land if you are a pop star and you have the tools to say shit like that you actually might be in a much better place and I'm just thinking of um, hit me baby one more time instead of my loneliness is killing me my empathy needs are not being, being met and I <laughs> yep um, yeah I don't know it's it's I mean it's inherently weird in the sense that like she's I mean she's a te- she's not yet 18 and she's singing about like sexual shit kind yeah. of but then you match that with the image where she's like not really showing her body at all That's true. That I think it's a little more complex than just like ah uh, the her brother's like being a creepy Svengali type. Sure. It seems like a collab. I, I wanted to bring it up almost just to play devil's advocate because yeah. I, I saw some people talking about stuff like that and, and I do yeah. think that that is an interesting an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So I, I wanted to at least spend a little bit of time on it. Yeah. We'll see how things play out. Yeah. I I mean, look, based off this first album, I think that she's got got the goods to go pretty far. Yeah. Uh, Although I would also say that this is explicit in the way that Lord's first album was, mm-hmm. and it seems like the Lord thing has has tapered just a little bit. We'll see where Lord's. I still, next. I'm still flying the flying the flag for Lord. We'll but Lord went went Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple had her first album. The second one came out after like two years, and then she didn't release music for six years. Like mm-hmm. that could easily be a Lord. Because sure. the other thing is, if you get big enough, you kind of do win yourself the freedom to do whatever, whatever the fuck yeah. you want. Which maybe she has done. That's what we call a blank check. That's a blank check, baby. Baby. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to say? I I I like her. I'm a fan. I wish only the best for her. My heart, my heart breaks for her anytime I hear someone talk about her as a commodity. Yeah. Well, prayers up, prayers up for Billy. Prayers up for Billy. Uh, give give her music a chance. Just go listen to fucking bad guy. It really goes. It bounces. Oof. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's move confidently into the <laughs> end part of this episode. Yes. Uh, oh boy, dear listeners, are Molly and I both ever under a lot of pressure right now. We are so fucked. Uh, I'm leaving for tour in 48 hours. No, we're both leaving to go to a wedding in 48 hours, of which I'm moving directly to tour for 10 days. Molly's coming out and meeting me at the end of the tour. After a second wedding. After a second wedding, and then we get back three days later, and we move. We move. Uh, it's so a mess. <laughs> those of you who hang uh, on the edge of your seats for episode releases, I'm just going to say right now, don't look too forward to a new episode on the 12th. We'll see what we can do. But we've got some great stuff we've cooking got some good for stuff as we dive into the summer. Summer 2019. Fuck it up. Uh, Get crazy. Send it. <laughs> send it. Send it. Send that email. Uh, <laughs> yeah, June is going to be a fucking make it, make it viral. Send those emails. Yeah, we want to go dark viral. Anyway. June is going to be a fucking mess for us, but we will hopefully make up by uh, going ham in July. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, this is the fucking two year anniversary episode of two, this yep, podcast. Two I think years. Yeah. Holy shit, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, but it's always been fun, and we're glad to have you here with us. Those of you who are still listening right now do you have anything to plug molly um i've got i mean follow me on 
me on Instagram. The at Molly, the Molly Zone. Zone. At the Molly Zone. Uh, you know, it, pop music. It's Instagram. Talking about? Talking about pop, pop music. music. <laughs> um, Instagram is pop music. I have an Instagram. I am pop music. You should follow me on Instagram. That's my only plug. Thank yep. you. Come see me at Glasgow. Uh, Monday, June 3rd in Ooh. London. Wednesday, June 5th in Man- 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 Manchester. My God, guys. I've built a monster UK tour playlist that is honestly almost entirely uh, Manchester and Britpop uh, jams. It's 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 something mostly just for me and will hopefully be uh, maybe be unrecognizable even by the British people that I play it in for. But uh, it, it's going to be great. Manchester, June 7th and Dublin, Ireland, June 9th. And I'll be I'll be there too. I I won't be doing anything, but I'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> Dublin June ninth. Uh, all three Irish listeners who are hearing this right now, come see both of us in Dublin in June 9th and yell about music with us. Yeah, we had some great Irish interaction after uh, our last Garth Brooks episode because there was speaking oh, of yeah. the Ireland stuff, and I, we got to learn a whole new side of Garth's Irish heritage, not yes. heritage, <laughs> but you know, well, he popularity. His mom, his mom is is Irish, so. Uh, anyway, until then, follow us on Twitter at andintropod. Send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. Our SoundCloud is, as always, at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, and you should rate and review us, too, but only if you have a positive review. Please. Please. Please post a positive review. It really helps uh, people find us, I am told. But most of all, and I forgot to say this recently, tell a friend. Tell somebody that you know that you heard this really great music. Dark viral. Podcast. Mm -hmm. Tweet at somebody who's like, hey, I need new podcast recommendations. Hey, try and introducing pod. Hey. At and intro pod. Uh, I've seen a number of people do this and it always really makes me happy when I see people suggest. I saw someone do that like yesterday, except it was to someone who was private. And so all I saw was that as a response. And I just hope it wasn't like, who should I kill next? (laughs) Who should I avoid? Who should I avoid? Who's the shittiest podcast? (laughs) There's like the like follow Friday, but it's like, like, fuck you Friday. (laughs) Fuck off Friday. Uh, They should do that. Fuck off Friday. Yeah. Uh, Go jump into the sun and introducing podcast we'll be back in some amount of time uh, with another story of musicians and music stories uh, here on and introducing <laughs>